something that the word that's always been in the Bible, always been in the Bible, but we may have never seen it before. When I was growing up, <laughs> there was a lot of things in the Bible they didn't ever talk about. One thing was healing. They never talked about healing in my growing up church. It was always in the Bible, and it was in their Bible, but we just didn't talk about it because apparently they didn't have an answer for it. Could I have a better amen? I just, you know, it's just like, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about you being a dirty skunk and, and living a, a, a terrible life and, you know, get up here and repent. And you're, you're no good and sorry because, you know, you do this and you do that. And you're, that's what I heard. It may not have been what they were saying, but that's what I heard is get right or get left or that sort of thing. Turn or burn. I heard that. And, you know, everybody in the church you hung their head and looked and, oh, yeah, that's right, you know. But they, they left the church, they left the service, just like they came in. Didn't change anything. May have changed them for three days, six days, a month. But that stuff wears off. That stuff about I ought not to eat chocolate cake, I ought to diet, that is good when you're standing sort of naked in front of the mirror or sitting down looking at the scales. That You, you are condemned. i got to lay off of that. But you've just, you know, you've just had cherry pie and, you know, it's okay. You know, ah, I can do it. But the next day after lunch, we want that chocolate cake. And there it is in the refrigerator. So it doesn't work. We got we to gotta, we gotta hear that God loves us just like we are. And because he loves us, he wants us to change so that he can do better for us. Not that we'll please him, but that we'll do better for, he can do better for us. Just like we raise our children. It's not that we want them to live a perfect life, for life just so they can show off who we are, but we know it'll be better for them if they say, yes, ma'am, and no, sir. Amen. If they go to work every day, it'll be better for them. And so we like that to happen. Look what it says here in Romans chapter 8. It says in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you could say that if you're led by the Spirit of God, in other words, you, you have something working on the inside. There's an influence, there's an unction, there's a, a, a sense about something that I'm, I'm here making a decision about life, and Holy Spirit seems to be leading me to do it this way, to marry her, to not take that job, move to this city, whatever. Buy this car, no, don't buy that car. Led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that they are the mature sons. There's, there's other people that are, that are born again, that are saved, but he said they're the mature. The mark of being a mature son or a, a child of God is that you're led by him. Lots of people have kids and don't know where they are. You know, that scenario where they, it's easy to father a child or whatever. They don't know where they are, but but it's the children that are led by their parents that become true sons and daughters. And uh, uh, the, the, being, being fatherless is the greatest curse in our nation. Not having a father in your life that can set the standard for your life. So in verse 15, he says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So we have a heavenly Father. Could I have a better amen? Yes. We do have a heavenly Father. We're not just going through a religious rite where I just go to church and sit down and hope God noticed I was there. And um, 
and hope that he's pleased, we have a father. We are sons. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that way we may also be glorified together. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Say glory, glory. revealed in me. Revealed in Say it again, glory, glory. revealed in me. Revealed. Now we're all in with God being glorious, but the Bible says there's a glory that's going, that can be revealed in us. His glory in us shining out. Then verse 19 says, for the earnest expectation of the creature, we've looked at that, that really that word's creation. So creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, uh, I made a pretty serious mistake 40 years ago. Uh, we, were, we were young married, but we were with child. We were with child, praise God, and with child was going to be uh, showing up in June. Colin was supposed to be born in June. Yeah, actually May 17th. And so the husband of the woman that was going to be having this child three weeks later than what was scheduled was a long-suffering patriot. I was. I mean, amen. She, Colin was three weeks late, and she was miserable three weeks before. So anyway, so there's this mistake. What was the mistake? Well... Mother's Day came before that. We had no baby. There was no kid in the crib. There was nobody to put diapers on. There was nobody to, to feed and get up for. It was just her and me. So Mother's Day, I showed up like I did the Mother's Day before, empty-handed. Nay, nay. <laughs> Learn that lesson well. Mm. But there was no kid, but there was very much a kid. And so it was a mistake, and it, we, we hadn't forgot it yet, actually, <laughs> praise God. So there can, be, there, can be a, there can be children without them being manifest. We didn't know if he had you know, long hair. We didn't know if he had long toes. We didn't know. We were pretty sure he wouldn't be tall, all that sort of thing. But, but he was still there. The son was in the house, but, but he wasn't revealed. He wasn't manifest. There's lots of sons in the kingdom of God that are not revealed. They hadn't been come forth. Are you a son of God? Well, I am. Well, you don't look like one. You look just like the son of the devil, just like the sinners, just like the people that don't know God and don't claim God, don't act like God. You act and look and, and talk just like them, but yet you say you're a son. How many of y'all know there's lots of those folks? And so the Bible says that creation... All of creation is waiting for somebody to declare by their life, I am a son of God. I'm not the son of God, not like Jesus. There's just one him, but we are all fathered from above, refathered from above. And the Bible says that creation is rumbling and groaning and carrying on, waiting for someone to claim, as Adam did when he was created, to claim this is who I am, there's a new sheriff in town. And we'll take care of things that the world can't take care of. We'll speak to storms, and it'll change just because Jesus did. Jesus spoke to storms, 
and it, the storm changed course. Amen. He spoke to sickness and to, to trouble, and it changed. Isn't that what the B-I-B-L-E says? It changed. And, and so he was manifest son of God. He was revealed. How'd they know Jesus was the son of God? It was by the things he did and the things he said. And so the Bible says that we are to be revealed just like Jesus was when he was born in the earth. And as he grew up and he was revealed, that we're also to be revealed just like that. Amen. And creation's waiting. Creation's not happy. There's turmoil. There's strife. There's wars. There's earthquakes. There's hurricanes, tsunamis. There's trouble. And because every generation just has a limited lifespan, less than 100 years generally, they just think that's the way the world is. But if you could live to be three or 4,000 years old, then you would have a perspective historically of looking back and saying, well, this is how it used to be when, when Adam was going on, and this is how it was when Jesus was going on, and so there's a difference. It doesn't have to be like it is. It's just all I've ever seen in my short lifestyle time. And then we have Christians that have slid back and act like the devil himself. Everybody, every Christian, every person in the world has a story about a preacher that jilted them, or a deacon, or a, or a whatever, an elder that slipped the money or did something immoral or everybody has got a story. Then you read in the news, some TV guy or TV evangelist ran off with the money or the secretary. We all have been privy to the failings of Christians. And it makes us cynical. It makes us like, (laughs) you guys are fakes. But you know, just because one preacher ran off with the secretary somewhere, doesn't mean that I will. Doesn't mean that I have or that I will. You know, you, there's, a, there's a reputation that used car salesmen, used car salespeople have. And you, but you can sell cars and be honest and upright. Are you all right? <laughs> well, I guess you could. I think you could. You should, yeah. In other words, we can't paint everybody with the same broad brush just because there has been a, some sort of category. Governments. What is a government? Let's talk about government this morning. Government is something that makes people be able to live together profitably. If we were all just tribal, and everybody in their tribe, the Cash tribe and the Smith tribe, and, and you know all the tribes, and had no government, we would be like Mozambique or uh, uh, Yemen or those places over there that, that really are tribal and warlords and everything like that. But we have governments that help us live together and cause everyone to get a better life out of it. And so it's parceled out. It's like uh, some of y'all are going to take care of this, and y'all are going to get this, and you're going to get that, and it all works together. So we have governments in nations. You have communist nations, socialist nations. We have some democratic nations, and it's a different kind of government. We have state governments. We have some governments that allow you to do... Uh, to, to uh, to, uh, in Texas, you have to have an inspection on your vehicle every year. You have to drive it in, and, and they look at your muffler and your headlights. And we moved to Alabama, and we saw all this stuff running around on the road. And we said, these people, they can't cross the state line because they wouldn't fly in Texas. I mean, it's rigorous. And, uh, but so state, states have governments. And then we have city governments. 
We have all kinds of, we have mayor, council, mayor, um, different kinds of governments. We have, uh, we just moved into a, a house, a new neighborhood, and there's a, there's a uh, HOA uh, uh, government, and I got the bylaws, and you can't put your satellite dish on the front of the, of the house. Now, you'll pass right at 60 of them getting to your house that are on the front of the house, and you have to have a certain kind of fence. You cannot put a uh, window pane fence. You've got to have a, a fortress type, a stockade fence. All governments. It's got a president and a vice president. Governments. We've got families with governments. Did you know every family has a government? Even if it's the lack of government. If it's anarchy, it's still a kind of government that says every man's for himself. But then you have a Bible government that says the husband does this, the wife does this. Governments. Are we in? Then we have church governments. You have the Catholic Church. They have a kind of government. And they have a pope. And then you have other churches that have a kind of government where they have an archbishop. And then you have other ones that... Governments. You just have all kinds of governments. And um, uh, every, you have uh, corporate governments where you have a board of directors and all that sort of stuff. And then they have LLCs where it's just me and mama. We do anything we want. We close the doors on the 4th of July and we're going to the beach. Come back next week. Governments are everywhere. But I'm telling you, there's a new kind of government in the earth. And it's the kingdom of heaven. And you know, the Bible says that Jesus is the king of kings. Implying that you and I as believers, as sons of God, have a authority, a dominion in us. But he is the head. He's the first among equals. Jesus is the head. And he's the Lord of lords implying that there's a head among many. And so in the kingdom of heaven, you have many kinds of governments that filter down and are sanctioned even by God. But there is one government that trumps all. It's the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is different. The government of kingdom of heaven is different than the governments that are on earth. All governments on earth, all of them, come down to some basic issues. One of them is the, is the strong are always right. Nobody says it. Nobody would li line up with it. But basically, you get this strength is right. And uh, the, the elements, the currency of these governments is power. Who has the power? They get to be the boss. That's politically speaking. You have, you have that in money. You have that in uh, 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 people that have lots of land and feudal things. You also have a, a thing of uh, money is big in government. But the kingdom of heaven has a different currency. And people on earth have a hard time thinking that the government of, of heaven is different than the government on earth. Because when you ask somebody, you go up and, and uh, knock on their door and just ask them, uh, uh, if you were to die, God forbid, but if you were to die and you were to stand before God and he were to ask you, Johnny, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And, you know, their eyes go to the top right. That's when people are thinking. Their eyes always go there. And they start thinking and they start assessing their life. And they start saying, well, I ain't killed anybody. So there's a line that you see getting drawn. You know, murders aren't going to go in, but if you hadn't killed anybody, you're on the right track. 
and I don't, I don't cheat on my income tax more than anybody else. And uh, I don't take home, you know, some people take home desks and chairs from work, and I'm a pencil and paperclip man, so I'm out to be good. And they begin to compare themselves with evil and begin to say, you know, I'm on the right side of, of good here, here, and here. And then they begin to say, you know, and they begin to think of their Boy Scout days, helping little old ladies across the street, and they begin to think about having to take care of their... They begin to bring the good on the chart to this side and then minimize the bad things. One time, my little brother, we were in Japan, my dad's military, and he was sitting right there under a tree, and there was a huge spider web between the tree and a rock... And I'm looking at that spider web, and I get this rock, and I take this rock, and I throw it at the spider web. And it does. It goes right in the middle of it, and then, boom, just knocks him out, you know. So when I go to God and talk about how, you know, my, my goodness, we never bring up that incident because that was a bad day. My mother made sure I knew that was a bad day. But that's what people do. They try to tell you, why should I let you into my heaven, God said, and they go thinking, here it is. I'm better than a bunch of them. Not as good as some, but God, you know, and, and, and you go, so you can think. Their currency, they're thinking just like on earth. I help people. I don't stand first. I don't try to get first in line. I try to do right. But that's not the currency of heaven. Could I have a better amen? The currency of heaven is not based on that because truly, truly, If your grandmother went to church almost all of her life, she helped you go to church, but she never made Jesus the Lord of her life. She never connected with him on more than just a go-to-church dutiful level. Or if you had a mass murderer that was on death row, and the day before they're going to pump him full of drugs and put him out, somebody comes in and says, Would you like to receive Jesus Christ? And he said, yeah, I do. He's never done anything good in his life. He is hurt and maimed and pillaged all of his life. But at the last moment, the day before, he receives Jesus Christ and says, I I want him to be in my life. He has no chance to be good to anybody. In the end of time, justice from heaven will show that grandma... Being in church all of her life, but never making Jesus the Lord of her life, failed to have currency that moved heaven. While the mass murderer, at the last moment, even seemingly unrighteously, pulled the trigger for God, and he went to heaven. Now, see, that that bothers people. I, I used to go to the county jail, and I would talk about that, and it just tore them up. But Jesus is the currency of the kingdom of heaven, of the government of heaven. Jesus is the currency. When God says, why should I let you into my heaven? The answer is always going to be, what did you do with Jesus? Has nothing to do with what you did or didn't do. Nothing. Say nothing. I'm talking not, not even a little. Not even a little. Now, you'll live a better life if you do right. You'll live a better life in the kingdom. Eric was just saying, if you'll be the servant of all, God will exalt you. He'll, he'll raise you up. And if you are self-centered and, and all about you, you're not going to have a good life because the kingdom operates on that principle that he who would be the greatest will be the servant of all. 
But that has nothing to do with heaven. That has to do with the earth. If you want to go to heaven, it's what did you do with Jesus? Is he in? Well, I don't live very good, and I know I should do better, but is he in? Did you, did you make him your Savior? Did you call upon the name of the Lord? And that's the whole thing. There's no other second chance or stage two of the question. So the new government that God has put in the earth is the government of the kingdom of heaven. And it is over the HOA and it is over the USA. Politicians can do what they want and squeeze us tight and cheat us and IRS us and, and whatever they're doing out there that's wrong. But if we stay under the kingdom of heaven, it'll turn out right for you. Amen. The USA may, you know, fall into this and that and the other. But for you, it'll work if you submit yourself to the kingdom of heaven. Is, is America going to hell in a handbasket? No, but does it look like it? Absolutely. The Bible doesn't say, though, that the, when the wicked repent, God will have mercy on America. It says, when my people who are called by my, by my name will humble themselves and repent. So it's up to the church. It's up to you and I. Well, we can't get anything done in America because all these people over here won't, you know, they're bad. That's not the key. So the kingdom of heaven is the government, and everything is operated on the currency of the Lord Jesus. Religious folks don't like that. They want their good works to do the standing. They don't want to humble themselves and make Jesus the Lord of their life to make him their Savior, to, to become a new creation in Christ. They don't want to do that. They want to work out their time, and they want to say what's right and good enough and what's not good enough. That's the way you and I were until we saw it, until we tripped over. That's exactly how we thought. Good enough. I think that's good enough. Let me tell you about how heaven thinks about the church. The church is becoming to disrepute. We got the Catholic priests that are doing all unspeakable things. We got uh, evangelists and pastors and, and elders and deacons doing unconscionable things not fulfilling who they are in the Lord Jesus, just breaching every, everything. Got a lot of hypocrisy in the church. That's because there's a lot of hypocrisy among people, and people in the church are still people. And if they're not changed on the inside, they're going to think just like what they came from, and they're going to act just like they came from, even if they made a decision on the inside that hasn't worked through their being and changed them on the outside. We used to all be liars. Little liars, big liars, little thieves, big thieves, but we thought we might not have been brave enough to steal something, including somebody's reputation, but we thought about it and we could do it if we, th we would have done it if we thought we could get away with it. We just didn't, but that doesn't make us clean. It just makes us afraid. <laughs> Amen. The church is called a word in the Greek. The word church is called ekklesia. Ekklesia. It's a Greek word that, that, that the Bible calls the church. And it comes from a secular term that in the Greek society was called the senate. 
And the Senate worked like this. It was a government, a world government. And the government was is that every city, every town would send a representative to a central place. They would convene and they would work out things like our Senate's supposed to do. And they would decide things and then they would go back to their city and they would implement those laws and those principles. Well, that's exactly what the church is. We're not. This church service this morning is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God or, or days of heaven on earth is us affecting our lives, our atmosphere as ambassadors wherever we go, being manifest as sons of God. We're not manifesting the sons of God in here. We're necessarily we're having church. We're having ecclesia. We're having the Senate. We're finding out what the head of the church is saying. Here's what he said. Is this right? So we're discussing what did the head, the presidente, what did he say to the church? And we're saying, well, he said this and he said that. Okay. Then we go into our lives, our highways and hedges, and we work that out. We play that out. And then we come back and meet again. And we work out things. Well, I had that wrong. I thought this is how it worked. I thought money and power is what God wanted. And now I find out it's Jesus. So we work things out. The church is called the called out ones. And in that, we are called to be ambassadors. There's an ambassador or a diplomatic function. And here's what it works at. When you get born again, when you receive Jesus, he begins to overwhelm your life. He begins to talk to you about your old life. He begins to say, we're not going to do that anymore. Will you go to heaven if you do it again? Absolutely. I said, yes, you will. Did you know we, we can still go to heaven doing things he told us not to do? I'm still finding out things not to do or things to do. And I've been doing this a long time being a Christian. So that's not it. But we let him convict us and move us from the in, un, inside. But what he does is he says, I want you to infiltrate the world government, the Babylonian system that's based on power and based on influence. And I want you to infiltrate, infiltrate that system in your HOA, in your family, in your state, in your uh, PTA. I want you to infiltrate that and I want you to dominate it. I want you to change it and bring the kingdom of heaven government in that. Not just go to church. I'm just like one of them out there, but when I but then I go to church and we close the doors and we nobody knows I'm in here. I come in the work car <laughs> and I park around back. <laughs> we had a we had a family in Seminole, West Texas, that said, uh, "Y'all are right there on the highway. I can't come to your church because I I'd have to park out there on the highway." That's not who we are. We're not having church here. We're, 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 we're having church, but this isn't the government of the kingdom. That's implemented when we go out from this place. So we'll have testimonies this morning. We'll have people say, I was out in the highways and hedges at work, or it, I went into the, the, the nail place and laid hands on someone. They got healed. Or I, and we, we come in and we encourage one another and we stir one another up here, but the kingdom is played out out there. Now, that's not the way it is in most churches. Most churches, this is church. This is the kingdom. This is the whole thing. 
And to be sitting down here on this pew or to be sitting up here in a chair is the whole thing. That's your higher in the kingdom based on where you parked. Y'all know they have parking spots at some churches. I've been by them. Elder Doodly Do and, and, and Sister, you know, all that. And they park there, and if you get one of those spots, it's just the world. It's just the world with a cross in the front of it. But it's not the kingdom of heaven. So the church is the most powerful thing that has ever been and ever will be because we are the body of Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians, if you would. Ephesians chapter 1. We are called to synchronize, synchronize, synchronize our lives with heaven. I'm not a real good at Apple things, but I know enough that a lot of it's based on syncing. That everything shows up the same. You get your iPod and your phone and your iTunes all to sync. And it's, a, it's supposed to be a happy day when that happens. In the iTunes world, I don't have very many happy days because me and syncing don't, we just don't do that much. But in the church, we're called to synchronize what we do on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Synchronizing our lives. Not that we want to be seen, look, I got this, you know, I got this $600 suit on, or look at my wife, she got a $400 purse, or, you know, look at that, we're going to walk across the front so y'all can look at the pastors and see how important they are. That's not synchronized with heaven. But that's what a lot of churches do. Am I on this morning? Yes. Okay, make sure. So there's a disparity. We come into a place like this, and we bring our worldly thinking, our, our experience, and our traditions from growing up, and we're confronted with this, and we're out of sync. We're, we're convicted that we're out of sync with the Word of God. So we either get mad, well, I don't believe that. I don't think God cares if you drink a little on the weekends or smoke a little on the, you know, after. And truly, <laughs> that's not the issue with God, but a lot of preachers get up and make it the issue. Get them dresses down, get those necklines up, get that hair turned, you know. They preach on the clothesline, they preach on what you're doing, this, that, and the other. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is to get our lives on the inside synced with heaven then the outside stuff that's on us, what we wear, where we go, who our friends are, will just work out because we'll have a new inside. We'll grow up in here, and it'll show up out here. But if you preach it on the outside, it's like saying, don't eat that chocolate cake. And you say, I won't until you leave. But as soon as you go out the door, cake is gone. I've eaten that cake. I didn't, you know, and then you have to lie about it. Ephesians 1, verse 19. Look at this. And what, we're starting in the middle of a verse, a chapter here. What is the exceeding greatness, exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So God's not passive. God's not having a power drain. He is in full throttle which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. 
So it's talking about the most excessive demonstration of power happened when? When Jesus was raised from the dead. Now that's the benchmark. That's like, God, what is the greatest expression of your power that could ever be? The Bible says it was when he raised Jesus from the dead. So we have a benchmark. Well, God, you know, you made the sun come up two hours early today. He doesn't do that. But he raised him from the dead. And then it goes on and says, uh, which, he, uh, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality. Now it's talking about demonic forces there, isn't it? Or just, just kingdoms on this earth. The kingdom of Russia, the kingdom of Great Britain, the kingdom of America. He says, we're above that. And power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Just a, a lawyer talk that says, and everybody. Everybody, but not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And hath put all things under his feet. So Jesus put every, God put everything under Jesus' feet. Now, does Jesus have feet? Well, he's the head of the body, and the body has feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Okay, so here we got this, we got this issue. We've got the church, or people, that think that Jesus is the head over there. He's doing his thing, his religious thing. But we're the body over here. And we're separate. But everybody knows if you go downtown, you took all of you. You took, if your head went somewhere, <laughs> your tailbone went with you. <laughs> and everything else. Everything goes together. And we've separated Jesus over here and the church or the body over here. But it's always the same and always together. Always. Say always. Cannot be separated, the head and the body. So here's what happened. That, uh, that uh, as soon as Jesus ever received anything, the body received it at the same time. When Jesus died on the cross, listen, listen, get this. You and I died on the cross. You say, I didn't get up on any cross. Yeah, but, and you weren't even born then. But in the things of who you really are, where God knew you before you were a thought to your mother, he knew you before the foundation of the world, he put you in Jesus, and when he died, you died. When Jesus defeated the devil, y'all remember Satan getting whooped, and the Bible says he made a show of him openly? You and I defeated the devil. Same time. How can that be? We were in him. He's the head, and we're the, come on, body. What the head's doing, the body's doing, for good or bad, the head and the body. When Jesus was raised from the dead, who was there? We were there. That's what water baptism is all about, is that we went down with him, and we were raised up with him. We were buried with him and resurrected to new life with him. How can that be? <laughs> That's the legal side of what happened to you and I in the Lord Jesus. But now we have to walk it out. We, Jesus did it for us, but we have to walk it out. So when Jesus said, I have authority over the devil, guess what? The, if the head has authority, guess what the body has? We have authority. 
In 1 John 4, it says, as he is, say it with me, so are we in the world. This blows religion wide open. They do not like us to be the same as Jesus. And we're not the same as Jesus, but he's the, we're brothers to him. <laughs> we're brothers and we have the same father and we were refathered from above. And as he is, so are we. So it says that he, God put everything under his feet. Well, where are the feet? The feet are in the body. We're the body. So if it's under Jesus' feet, all dominion and power and principality, it's under our feet. We have authority. We are the sons of God. I know this sounds terrible. I know it's like, what? What? But think about it. You're either a son or you're a servant. Servants don't get to have anything at the end of the owner's life. You, you got a business and you got some employees and you close down your company and say, we're going to move to Missouri, you don't cut the employees in. You give them a pink slip and say, you got two weeks, and I'll give you some severance and have a happy day. But sons, son, we're moving. And we're all going together. And where I am, there you are also. Okay, look in chapter 2. It's right there. Look in verse 5. It says, even when we were dead in sins. Look, look. Even when we were dead in sins. Do you all know we were dead in sins? Before you received Jesus, you were dead in sins. There was no hope, no hope for you to go to heaven. He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Look, look, verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I want you to look at these words here in 5 and 6. Look in verse 5, it says, quickened us together. Say us together. Oh, look in verse 6, it says, raised us up together. Say it with me. Raised us up together. Look, look. And made us to sit together. Us to sit together. Look. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The same place. So everything that happened to the head happened to you. Now, here's the key. If you don't identify with that, if you say, I don't believe in this mess. This is junk. I'm just going to live my life like I want to. No one's bothering me. I'm not bothering anybody. I'll just take my chances on the, the whatever after I die. If you separate yourself from the head, then you did not die in your sins, and you were not raised up from your sins. You just died, and there's no life to bring you to that place where God says, why should I let you into my heaven? Why should he? Well, I got good works, God. I'm PTH, I'm a cross volunteer, and I'm, I'm, I'm run, I run for the cancer walk, and I, I, you know, I'm doing, and I'm going. That's all, Lord? Now, you may say, well, then God doesn't care what you do. After you receive Jesus, then your account is opened, and everything you do has a reward. So uh, let's face it, the carnal, natural man cannot defeat the devil. How many of y'all agree with that? If you're just a natural man, hey, I've, I went to school in, in Moundville, and I've got a family, I'm good. No, you can't defeat the devil. It's going to take faith to defeat the devil. Faith that because of the name of Jesus, you can use that name and you have power over the devil. Are we right? Yeah. In that name. So 
If you're going to have faith in something, then you have to eliminate something else, which is senses. You're going to have to eliminate how you feel. You're going to eliminate the remembrance of your past because you could be a mass serial killer and know that. You could, uh, whatever people do, divorce 17 times, shot up, smoked up, drank up, whatever people do. Whatever people, you could have a, you got to eliminate that and say, that doesn't matter because the currency is Jesus. And we're not even going to, he's not even talking about that stuff. So we're good. We're good. If our past doesn't go with us, we're good if we have Jesus. So we have to, to defeat the devil, we have to grow up, have to receive Jesus, and you got to grow up. Remember the prodigal son. We'll finish with this. The prodigal son. The Bible says there was two sons. The younger said, you know, this is dull around here. This is drab. I'm going to go to town. Dad, I need some money. I want my part. So the Bible says he went to a faraway land and lived like the devil, had a lot of fun. But then there was a famine in the land and everything dried up. He so changed his mind about being with a wealthy, well-to-do, loving father that he changed his thinking till he was willing to eat what the pigs ate. Now, let me tell you, I was around hogs. We raised some when I was young. Hogs will eat things that no other animal will eat. And then you, you love bacon. I love bacon. But I'm trusting in a conversion process <laughs> because it is nasty. It's nasty. You, horses, cows, all that stuff's good. But a pig is way bad. Way bad. There's places when we used to go back to West Texas and you'd go around the curve and it would be the smell would just fill the air. It was way bad. It was a hog farm. Well, so the son starts to think about that. And the Bible says he came to himself. Listen, what did he come to himself? He said I, he had digressed till he was a servant, a slave. He was working for nothing, so much so that he would even eat that stuff. He said to himself, I am a son. He had that thought. I don't expect my father to treat me like a son, but he will give me a job as a servant. So the Bible says he went back and his father looking out saw him coming and said, there's my son. He didn't say bad son, reprobate son, prodigal. He said, there's my son. And the son came in and said, dad, I just, I've messed up. I just want to be a servant. I just need to eat and take a bath and killed the fatted calf, put the ring on his finger, put a robe on him and said, here's my son, let's party. This is my son. So the older son came in and said, hey, what's this going on? I've been here all the time and never went out and did these bad things, bad things, bad things. And the father said, bad things don't matter if you're a son. Listen, what matters is that you're a son. And so what matters to you and me is that we know no matter what we've done, we're sons. We're sons who serve. Doesn't mean that we can just sit on the couch, but we're sons who serve. The older son condemned the younger son because he was a man under the law and he himself was condemned. Aren't you condemned if you sit under works? If I do this much for God, maybe he'll do this much for me. Well, if I, you know, it never works because the currency of heaven is Jesus. So here we are. The key to growing up and defeating the devil, having a good life, is to grow up and put on Jesus, and put on sonship.
I'm a son. I'm a son. What kind of son? A manifested son. Not just one that's in a pregnancy, not one that's revealed, not one that's under a some sort of maternity clothes or whatever. We are full-blown out there. We are sons. I'm a son. I'm a son. Everything changes when you know you're a son. Now, if you don't know you're a son, guess what? You're, you're not going to grow up. You won't grow up because you don't know what that means. You're still trying to work into God's graces. Well, if I do this, and if I fast this, and if I don't do that. He's not even paying attention to that. He doesn't even know you're doing without. What did you do with Jesus? So let's stand up this morning. I'm through. Y'all through? Praise God. Amen, they said. Hallelujah. So we're just going to make sure everybody knows from the Bible that the currency of the government of heaven is Jesus. No other currency. You go to pay it. You say, Lord, uh, I want to buy one ride. You're at Six Flags. You're at Disney World. I want to buy one ride. And you, you come up there with $15, and they say, we don't take that. It's got to be Jesus. I don't have any of that. You don't ride. Amen. Lord, we thank you right now that you are expanding your kingdom to flood the earth. You are love, and you have set your kingdom in motion. Lord, we have been called to be sons who serve. And Lord, we got to get it right. So I thank you right now that in our hearts we say right now, I want Jesus as the Lord of my life. Can you say that in your life right now? Can everybody in here say, I want Jesus to rule my life. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I'm giving up lordship of my own self, me getting it right, and I'm going to say, Jesus, I don't even know what this is, but please come and take control and be my Savior I receive you now. Now, if you can say, I receive you now, something will happen. In a twinkling of an eye, the Bible says, you'll be regenerated from the inside and turn from a slave to a son. I do that now in Jesus' name. I say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I make you the Lord of my life. Praise God. Thank you for just ignoring all my past. Oh, oh and wow, Lord, that's a lot and just receiving me just like I am, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'm a son. Amen. I'm a son. Everything changes Amen. when we're sons. Amen. Everything changes. So it doesn't really matter. Now, sons want to please their father, so we're pleasing our father. We're after it, but we're not trying to get his favor. We're doing it because we're lo in love with him. Amen. So I bless you this morning in the name of Jesus that you go out and you, you loose the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the king of the kingdom, and wherever you go, you declare his kingdom to be greater than the kingdom of this world, and it blesses them and it blesses you in Jesus' name. Amen.